Guy here with a quick message before we get on with the pod. As a thank you to our most dedicated and loyal viewers and listeners to Blood Red, we're inviting you to join our Blood Red Club. By joining, you'll get access to insider transfer content as well as interviews with former favourites and those connected at Anfield. All you need to do is head to bloodredpodcast.co.uk, enter your email address and our exclusive content will head to your inbox. That's bloodredpodcast.co.uk. Thanks. Now on with the show. This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Liverpool captain, a born leader and now on the verge of history with his country. Jordan Henderson's continuing rise shows no sign of stopping, leading Liverpool to a first Premier League title, uniting captains through the Players Together campaign to raise money for the NHS, showing the determination and humility to succeed. Welcome to the latest podcast here on Blood Red with myself, Guy Clark, as we look ahead to the Euro 2020 final, spotlighting the Liverpool captain in particular. Here to share his insight, it's a pleasure to welcome the Mirror's Chief Football Writer, John John Cross to Blood Red. John, thanks for your time. And I know Jordan Henderson hasn't featured all too much through the course of the tournament. We've seen Calvin Phillips and uh, Declan Rice really sort of solidifying that central midfield berth for Gareth Southgate. But I think even just having a player like Jordan Henderson around is, is surely a positive and a benefit to the England camp. He is, yeah. I mean, I don't want to kind of go down into the, the, the Roy Keane route of saying that does he do party tricks and circus acts almost, if, if you like. But I do feel as if his um, presence, his character, his personality has had such a big bearing on the group, quite apart from the fact of when he has come on and played a part. I think he's settled down. I think he's calmed the team. He's added... Uh, experience, maturity in certain games where it just needed to kind of someone to put the foot on the ball and kind of calm things, show that experience. But I think that it's really interesting that I think after uh, the Ukraine game, in which obviously Jordan scored, um, and then, uh, you know, the, the celebrations, the, the the happiness, the the camaraderie and the delight amongst the other players on the bench was something else. And I think that shows the respect in which Jordan Henderson is held. I think it was, it was uh, revealing afterwards in, in the post-match interviews that Gareth Southgate basically was asked about the win and immediately t- switched subjects and went off on a tangent to praise the likes of Jordan Henderson, the likes of Con Cody, um, you know, the unsung heroes, the kind of guys that are sort of, you know, Ra- Marcus Rashford, who's been a bit like sort of Henderson played here and there, had such a big influence in the group. Because I think this culture that we talk about is so important for a team to be successful now. And I think that basically you get that vibe, you get that positivity out of the England camp, and the England setup when you go to St George's Park. And it's brilliant to see. I love it. And I love that. You know that that sort of vibe that you feel—it's it's a fantastic feeling, and I think Henderson is one of those guys that sort of sets that tone. And you cannot underestimate how important that has been because it was in 2018, and it was a clear shift, I think, from cliques and groups and you know players pulling in different directions to a very united, unified squad. And you need big characters, you need character to keep that together. And I think that basically Gareth Southgate picks a squad not only for their you know talent on the pitch, but what they're like as tourists and individuals. Jordan Henderson epitomizes excellence in both, um, you know, on and off the pitch. I think 
his influence in in this squad and hopefully a win in the Euros cannot be underestimated, I don't think. Yeah, obviously Harry Kane is the captain of the national team. He plays every game. He is sort of the the talisman for the side. But I suppose, as you were sort of referencing there, Jordan Henderson's kind of, albeit vice-captain, but the unofficial captain behind the scenes, as it were, sort of doing those sort of traditional captain duties, I suppose, of rallying people, just setting the standards around the place. And I suppose when you've got such a young squad as well, Henderson being the oldest player, just over 30, it sort of seems madness. But he is there as well, not only for his quality when he is playing, but setting the standards and showing the level that the young lads need to need to be hitting day in, day out. We all know the potential and the ability they have, but it's ensuring they get the most from themselves. Yeah, definitely. Listen, listen, I shouldn't belittle his, you know, his um contribution and his his place within the squad as a player either. Because I do feel that that comes from you know really um being a, a, a fantastic player for, for Liverpool. But the, the fact is, he just didn't kick a ball in the last three months for Liverpool. And it's impossible, therefore, to get up to, you know, a level where I think, basically, he was in pushing to start. And I think I think he would have been if he'd played all season and been fit all season. I think he would have been, without doubt. I mean, as it happens, Bryson Phillips have kind of worked as a partnership. But, you know, I, I personally think it might have been Rice and Henderson. And Phillips has just taken his opportunity and he seized it, don't get me wrong. But there has to be that, you know, that kind of togetherness and that that feeling of, you know, the players really working as a unit and understanding and coming together and the camaraderie. And so therefore, I think it's fantastic, you know, that Henderson has that, has that blend, um, you know, and sets the tone. I think it's interesting also that kind of, you know, Gareth Southgate, without doubt, picks the 23-man squad, i.e. chops the three, basically, bearing in mind what they've done in training. And so that that tells you in itself that Henderson has, you know, has, has been there on the bench because he's a valued source, but also he's been up to speed every day in training, basically. That's how you get judged. And that, that also keeps the level high in training. And again, I think that's a tribute to his professionalism and his focus um, for England and to try and get over the line. Yeah, with red t- tinted spectacles on, sort of even looking at the, the Denmark game, you see it when Henderson comes on, you said before, he sort of just helps calm everything down and exude that that calmness that he does. But sort of taking that point and then I suppose elaborating on it, he's got that big game experience and looking to the final, I think a lot of Liverpool fans would be thinking he would be the ideal player to drop into a team for the final. But you obviously know the England camp very well and Gareth Southgate seems to sort of prioritise the system over individuals and whilst Henderson no doubt from sort of the, the, the Liverpool perspective is a better individual player than Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips he might just have a bit of a job on his hands to break up that partnership for a place in the squad in the final yeah I I, I think that um, you know Phillips maybe looked a little bit nervous in the first half I thought against Denmark I think that sort of kind of Rice you know got better as the game wore on I think actually if you make a judgment call on the pair of them after 120 minutes it might actually be slightly different to what you might have said after 90, actually. I thought they grew in influence. Does it take a lot out of them in extra time? I, I, I still feel that the, even though these are arguments and kind of reasons, you know, as to why um, Henderson might be considered, I still think that basically goes with, with that too because it's about partnerships, it's about dynamics and that's understandings. 
So I think that basically, you know, I personally, I think he sticks with it and he stays as is. Um, I, ju I just think that Henderson is one of those players that basically if you are in a situation whereby you, um, you know, need to close the game down, we talk so much about game management, about lessons learned, about being streetwise. Henderson's that, that calming and experience, I think, um, influence that you can bring on and sort of make a difference as, as the game ticks down because Italy have got so much quality, uh, particularly in midfield. So it might be then that basically, you know, it, it, if it's nervous, if it's, if it's edgy, you just need someone to put their foot on the ball. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. You're obviously in a unique and privileged position compared to sort of the rest of us. And you've been along to St. George's Park. I know it will obviously all be working a lot differently through sort of the, the pandemic times that we're in. But do you sort of get a sense for sort of the, the feeling and I suppose the character, the player himself, Jordan Henderson, because we've seen ever since sort of the Russia World Cup, you guys in the press reporting how sort of this team seems to be more open and inclusive and sort of receptive to actually speaking with the media rather than sort of closing themselves off. And I suppose Henderson must be one of those sort of key guys within that as one of the, the leadership members of the group. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it was really interesting, wasn't it? It's sort of kind of the players, um, you know, wanting to donate sort of, um, you know, appearances and bonuses to NHS charities, which they absolutely do. What a wonderful gesture that is. And it will be the likes of Jordan Henderson and Harry Maguire sort of leading that charge, really, and sort of kind of suggesting. I think that's fantastic to see. Um, I really do. And so it's it's just it's the right tone. And I think that, you know, we shouldn't underestimate what an important influence footballers and football can have on society. Always makes me laugh about basically this discussion about, you know, you sort of kind of get it through midway through a Premier League season that, oh, no one really cares about England anyway. Who, you know, what does it matter? Well, it matters now, doesn't it? We're seeing it now. I mean, basically, because we're enjoying it. But I do think that basically that, that sets the tone for the rest of football. I remember it for Italia 90. You know, we kind of almost fell in love, back in love with football, really, after a really miserable time. Um, same again, really, Euro 96. We sort of pressed the reset button. And you'd like to think that that would be the case now for, for this tournament. And I think at the heart of that is a uh, is a footballing sort of public being able to kind of, you know, relate to and see positive players and big characters out there making a real difference because the, let's be honest here society you know there's a lot of members of society or there's a lot of football fans that would rather listen and hear what a footballer has to say than any politician and they set the tone you know they set the tone with the, the you know the NHS charities together um they set the tone really in in basically you know when when you see the work that Jordan Henderson does you know, on and off the pitch, raising awareness, you know, whether that's for kind of, uh, you know, LGBT issues, you know, which he's fantastic about, by the way, isn't he? What what an amazing thing that is, you know, when you see his sort of kind of posts and tweets on social media about inclusivity. I think that's fantastic that, that, that sort of a player is thinking along those lines and that, that and that's great. But also about the charity work that he's, that he's done. You know, footballers do care. We have such now, on the back of that, a different perception, if you think about it, about footballers. It's moved away from the perceived greed and, um, you know, self-indulgent and kind of, you know, insular world of footballers to a different 
completely different vibe where you can relate to them, you see the work that they do. And Jordan Henderson is at the heart of that. And I think that's so important in that basically football has set the right example. My word, Jordan Henderson certainly does that. And I suppose it, it sort of bleeds into what you're saying as well about in how everything gets unified and brought together, sort of knowing the feeling on Merseyside towards the national team is nowhere near as strong as in other areas mm. of the country. But for Liverpool fans, they're able to sort of get on board with Jordan Henderson and his story through all of this. And I mean, sort of seeing the things going around on social media about if England do win this Euros, he could be the first player to sort of win the Euros, the Club World Cup, the Premier League and Champions League. And the role he's kind of played within those squads and those sides that have been able to do that. For so long at Liverpool, he was in Steven Gerrard's shadow, even I suppose with the national team as well. But this is a player who for all of his personal qualities as well, you you, caught, you sort of can't overlook the achievements on the pitch as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, he's fantastic, you know, in career. He's been involved in so many um, moments and so many tournaments and, you know, had such a positive influence. But I do think he, you know, I think we've moved on a long time ago from, from basically uh, understanding what a good player he is. And this talk about is he underrated? I think at the times he's been underappreciated rather than under underrated because I don't think anyone that watches him certainly no Liverpool fan. I don't think now you know underestimates what what a good player he is. So I don't I don't buy into that because I think that basically you only have to look at it to see what he offers as a captain as a leader. We focused so much, didn't we, on the season just gone about Liverpool and how much they missed. Virgil van Dijk, for example. But in the last three months of the season, when it was still very nervous, it was still very edgy for Liverpool before they, you know, kind of really found a, some sort of rhythm and momentum. Um, I don't think, it, you know, should be underestimated just, you know, how much of a miss Jordan Henderson was on the pitch, really. So, I, I you know, I think he's got so much to offer um, a, a, as a captain and as a, as a leader uh, for club and country. And I think that, you know, it, for England, I, I, I get that about the national team. But I think that sometimes it's, for a, for a club fan, it's so much easier, isn't it? To kind of when you struggle to relate to or kind of club football is king. And I get that for a lot of big clubs. You know, that's the same for a lot of big clubs. Um, I just think it's easier to relate to when they've got one of your, one of your players in that starting eleven or, or in the squad. And I think that basically Henderson represents that for a lot of Liverpool fans, and, and the importance I think for uh, you know for the, for this England team. Yeah, and just a, just a final question on him. We've sort of seen, haven't we, in this tournament before? He had that penalty in the warm-up game that he missed, and it was. Oh, is he ever going to get that England goal? He's got it against Ukraine. Obviously, he had the penalty drama against Colombia as well in in the last World Cup. But he seems to have got that goal now for England. And I mean, you just saw the passion oozing out of him when he was celebrating that. Yeah, and, and also the other thing is, going basically um, to see the other players celebrating with him. You know, Gareth Southgate referenced it, didn't he? Sort of kind of post-match and sort of kind of afterwards as well. The day, day afterwards was was basically how, you know, how pleased Jude Bellingham was, for example, to sort of kind of see it and kind of go. I mean, Bellingham, you know, he's going to be a fabulous player, Bellingham. And that's the point, isn't it, that basically... Bellingham can be around this squad and we talk a lot about kind of you know how important it is to kind of experience tournaments and be part of that well there'll be no bigger influence I don't think on what Jude Bellingham can take away for this tournament 
um, than Jordan Henderson. I, I, you know, I think him, you know, he can just offer so much, really. And I think that that goal has been a long time coming. And it probably, you know, let's be honest, if he'd scored before, would he have grabbed that penalty in that friendly? Doubt it. He was desperate to do it. And it's so nice to see him do it. And I don't think anyone should be grudging, really. Um, that that kind of, you know, that that determination to kind of take the penalty. Yes, it didn't work out. And I guess that kind of only played into the theme that, that finally he broke his England duck and it made it even more special. And it made it more special, frankly. It was in such a big game. Yes, England were in cruise control, but it was a beautiful moment that. And, and I have to say, I think it was really interesting that not only Southgate sort of referenced the influence of the non-playing squad members, but Steve Holland did an interview this week saying exactly that. You know, looking at the importance of, you know, Connor Cody, who claimed it, you know, could be one of his, you know, his man of the tournament, if you like, but also then name checked, you know, in various sort of interviews about sort of the influence of, of, of Henderson, Rashford, and so on. And so I do think that popularity and that togetherness, a team of good tourists, because they are on tour effectively locked away at St George's Park, cannot be underestimated. And I thought the popularity of Henderson was just epitomised in the goal celebration. I think that's it all. Yeah, you wouldn't have known sort of get if you just watched the celebration, you wouldn't sort of know game state of which goal in the game that was no, with the with exactly. the celebration. You, you think it, it was, was a last minute winner. Yeah. You? you you yeah. really would. And and that's you know that to me is is so revealing in that basically it's 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 a wonderful moment, you know. And also by the way, I mean, you know, speaking from a press point of view, Jordan is such a nice guy to deal with. You know, he's just fantastic. And you know, when he's always got time and he's, you know, he's friendly. He's all kind of, you know, has, has a bit of a laugh, you know, when England were, were due to play Germany, I remember doing a Zoom with him and, you know, he's laughing about the text message that he got from Jurgen Klopp and it's just good fun. You know, he's just, you, you just want to be, you know, you want to be around the guy because he's infectious, his, his, his enthusiasm and his character. And I think that's a great thing to have within a squad. Yeah, definitely. And from the from the Liverpool perspective, great to hear Connor Cody, obviously, as you say, being involved yeah. and playing such a key role, having come through at Liverpool. And yeah, as you say, being sort of one of those guys behind the scenes who's who's more than playing his part. But anyway, that's it for, for this edition here on the Blood Red Podcast. John, thanks a lot for your time and your yeah. company. Hopefully Jordan Henderson can take his place in the record books and help England to win that Euros final on Sunday against Italy at Wembley. But until next time here on Blood Red, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.